Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 5th of November 2017, entitled Acceptable Sacrifice. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Here's Pastor Tom Gritz. Uh, Mrs. Gritz and I, we celebrated in June 42 years. Did I get to that? 40, 44? Let me look at my diary, I can tell you for sure. <laughs> I write it down in my diary. 44. <laughs> uh, I put all my children's uh, birthdays in there, and I put all my grandkids' children, uh, birthdays in there. I have everybody's birthday in my diary. Uh, yeah, James, it says nil. <laughs> I'm going to buy you the same thing you bought me last year. Yeah, load of nothing. <laughs> But uh, uh, we, we celebrate 44 years of, of marriage and uh, uh, being together that, uh, that long, you know, and just enjoy each other's company and enjoy the, what God has brought us through and just the excitement of all the things that are happening. All our children are doing very well. Uh, I, I appreciated uh, Brother Larry and Jane uh, stopping and seeing our oldest daughter, Sally. She's out in, in, in Virginia. And uh, everybody, I, I don't think she had took you, but everybody else that usually goes visit her, she takes them to the Outer Banks, to the, to the beach. I hadn't been there yet. And uh, so uh, uh, she hadn't taken me out to the beach yet. She's probably what she'd do, take me out and bury me in the sand is what she would do. And, uh, but uh, uh, then our son, Chad, he's in, he's in uh, Atlanta area. He lives south of Atlanta, uh, uh, McDonough, Georgia. And then Greg, our other son, Greg's in Marshfield, Missouri. Uh, he is now one of the trustees of our home church. Our home church is in Marshville, Missouri, Temple Baptist Church. And so uh, when my son calls me, I have to be good, you know, because he's a trustee. And uh, <clears throat> so then, of course, uh, Carrie, uh, she lives in Springfield. And uh, they, uh, they're helping starting a new church in the area. They're in a church plant and helping out starting a new church. Uh, then our son, our, our uh, 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 son, uh, TJ, uh, he's uh, in the States. He's in Oklahoma this week in a missions conference, and um, that's all right. We beat Oklahoma State uh, yesterday, and we beat Texas too. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, uh, uh, he is, uh, uh, of course, our son TJ is on debutation. He is going to be a missionary in Spain, and uh, so we have a nice uh, uh, place to go for holiday once they get there. And so, uh, uh, so uh, we have, uh, of course, uh, five children. We have 13 grandchildren. And, uh, and God's just been good to us all through these years. And how God has been good to Bethel Baptist Church, uh, Free Church, all these years. How does that happen? It goes through sacrifice. Somebody has to sacrifice. Somebody has to make sure they give the ultimate. You know, we come to Remembrance Sunday here for long, and what we want to remember is not only those who, who died in the in First World War and the Second World War, but also those who, who went to Iraq, who've been in Syria, who are willing to pay the, pay the price, to give the sacrifice. And, it, and the reason why you are enjoying the benefits is because of the people in the past who sacrificed themselves for what you can have today. If you take your Bible over to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, while you're turning there, 
Uh, we will be going back to Wolverhampton, and I'm preaching in, in uh, Temple the, tonight, but also after the service, we're having our fireworks and our food uh, after the service tonight. And so, uh, and uh, I got to get back because the fireworks are in the back of my car. And because uh, they won't have any fireworks if I don't go back. So, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just fun to be able to have things and to do like that in the ministry. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, verses 1 through 5, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming also unto a living, a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We got to realize what we're building, we're building lives. This church is, yes, you have brick and mortar. You have everything to make a building. That's a, that's, a, that's a church building. But really what we're building is something that is going to last eternity, and that's people. This church building is not going to last forever, even though uh, as long as it's been here. I can remember when the first time that we came here, and they had the, uh, the, the, like the stadium seats, you know, and, 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 the, and the pews and, and everything else, and I think we, the stage is up here. And I mean, I can remember, we can remember all of that. You know, and just to see what you have and see what God was able to do and come back and see what God is still doing. You see, folks, we got to realize it's God that does it. All we need to do is sacrifice. We sacrifice. Uh, no, no, more, no more animals. We're not talking about animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, but spiritual sacrifices. God does not require animal sacrifices anymore. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he was the Lamb of God. He was the Lamb to take away the sins of the world. He is the one to take care. The final of everybody's sin was Jesus Christ. And as he shed his blood, that precious blood, it was blood that, was, that could forgive our sins. And a lot of times I tell people, when we're asking them to talk to them about salvation, I say, you need to confess your sins. And sometimes people look at me, and they look at me a little bit funny and say, confess my sins. We might be here all night. And I said, no, that's not talk what I'm saying. The Bible says confess your sins, that you are a sinner, to realize that that's what you are by nature. You are a sinner. If we do not come to that realization that we are sinners, salvation is not coming to us. We have to come to that point of realizing I am a sinner. And by nature, I'm a sinner. We know by the word of God in, uh, that, that uh, Adam and Eve, when they both uh, partake of the fruit, they then disobeyed the command of God. And because of their disobedience, sin came in to be. Today, as we are born into this life, we are born with a sinful nature. That's the reason why things happen as they do. We, you know, we can't blame God. It was man that brought sin in to be. And because of that sinful nature, that then separates us from God. 
And to have that separation taken away, we then have to come to Jesus who went to the cross, who gave the ultimate sacrifice by accepting him into our heart and our life, asking to forgive us of our sin and allow his blood to be applied to our heart, then we're made whole and new again. And by faith, we have to do that. We don't do it just so that it sounds good. We have to believe it. We have to say, God, I know you're going to do this to me. I was saved when I was six years old. And I remember kneeling on my, on my knees and I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and save me. And I believed it that night and I still believe it today and I know I'm saved. Because I believe what the Bible says. It's God's word. There's a sacrifice that was given. Our text instructs us that we, are, we, as a corporate church and as individuals, are designed for the purpose of offering up acceptable sacrifices to God. It says there in, in verse number 5, he says, We also, a lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. God says we are to be giving sacrifices and not just giving sacrifices but those that are acceptable to God God has always had a way that sacrifices were to be given God always had a means and a purpose to everything that he does that he does that's one thing about the Bible when you really begin to, to study the Bible you begin to realize that the form and the and, and the steps that God has for our Christian lives and if we follow the steps in the order that God has, the blessings that will come. And he tells us here that we are to be spiritual sacrifices and giving spiritual sacrifices to God. You know, there in uh, after Adam and Eve, and uh, then, of course, we know Cain and Abel uh, came along. And, uh, you know, there's just like, a, uh, you know, these little patter, little feet that will be coming along before long, you know. And uh, if you're not careful, there'll be more patterns of little feet and coming along. That's the way it works, you know. One, you hear one sound, all of a sudden you hear about four or five of them. So if you're not careful. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, God says, he said, he told him, he said, now you used to be going out and sacrifice. And remember they brought the sacrifice? Cain and Abel brought them. Uh, Abel brought the sacrifice that was blood. Cain brought a sacrifice that was his fruit of his hand. I mean, it was his best. It was what he could do, but it was not the sacrifice that God required. Folks, there's where, where it all comes to. It doesn't matter what you're able to do, not what you're able to, to accomplish. It's what God requires in sacrificing. It's God's requirement, not ours. And if we're willing to give to God and sacrifice to God as God asks us to sacrifice, will be acceptable of God. You see, God couldn't accept Cain's sacrifice. So Cain got mad at his brother, and then what's the scripture say? God told him, well, leave, leave your offering and, and, you know, make it right, you know, but, but, you know, do things right. Do as you should know. See, Cain knew better. He was taught. But see, we, we sometimes we get to the point that, God, you just need to accept what I have. God says, no, I'll give to you what you're to give. I want you to sacrifice. And as it says there, it talks about the fact when people sacrifice, then we're building. 
We're building something that's for eternity. We're building people. We're building people to, to continue on the work that God has called us to do. It's interesting. I had a, we had one of our fellas. Uh, I was, uh, I was uh, Larry was talking about, you know, had to bring this microphone back over. Uh, we we have just put a system into uh, at our church. We have we had the screens and television screens, you know, because uh, our our auditorium is not as big as yours. And then if we tried, and so because we did have the uh, uh, projector, and because our our uh, uh, auditorium is small enough, they said it's better to have the screens. And we just put it through our laptop and put everything on the screen. You know, you know, the only thing you can't you can't watch uh, EastEnders or anything like that on the TV. But uh, but we we use we use the screens and uh, uh, but we have technology. I have one of those. Uh, you put it over your ears, and the microphone comes around here. And uh, uh, I've been using that the last couple of Sundays, and people kind of look at me. You know, you know, we're trying. You know, because we got the technology, we need to use it. We need to use it as much as possible. I I use it, and I put it on, and on Sundays, and and the people kind of look at me a little bit, and I say, if we're going to pay for this, we might as well use it. You know, so uh, so that way I, I can walk all over the place and preach as loud as I want because then the, the only thing I got to do is make sure I'm nice to Alan because he's the one that can turn it off, you know. But use, use what God's given to us. You know, God says, I want you to give a sacrifice that's acceptable. What can we give to God? First of all, the first thing we can truly give to God as we sacrifice is prayer. Is prayer. Your prayers are important. As the scripture tells us, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, who's righteous? Remember, it's not our righteousness that makes us saved. It's God's righteousness. And when we pray, we're praying in the righteousness of God, not in my own. Now, there are some things maybe I need to pray about in my life. I may be having problems. I may be having difficulties. I may be having some things going on. I need to pray about those things. But again, too, it's praying, God, what are you going to do? God, how are you going to work this out? God, how are you going to use me in this situation? God, how are you going to help me in, in, in seeing how these things work out? But so many times we only pray, God, help me. Well, God's going to do that. That's a given. But how, God? We need to start praying in the sense of, of really getting down and say, God, how are you going to do that? And how are you going to use me? What can I do? How can I be an, a, an encouragement? How can I be a help? How can I be involved in the life of others? You see, to build a house and to build a spiritual house, as God's talking about here, that means we have to be people who are involved with others. Are you involved with others? I mean, you know, I, I, uh, one of the things I like to tell, tell our folks, I said, we need to be involved with others so much that we know what each, other's, each other need. We know what each other need. You don't have to tell me, I already know. Why? Because that's how much I'm involved with you. You know, you know it, it's like, you know, James, you know, he asked me, if, uh, you know, about uh, uh, his birthday. Well, James got to let me know when his birthday is. And and if he if he can if I remember and his birthday is I'll give him a stick of rock. But you know, see what I'm trying to get about the the more that we know each other, the more that we're involved with each other, we're building each other up, 
we know when people have need. Have you ever come to a point sometime in your church and somebody needs something and they but you didn't know? And what's the first thing we you say? But you should have told me. Well, how much am I involved in their life? How much am I involved in what they're doing in their life? How much do I get involved with other people? You see, God says when we pray, we ought to pray to the point where we really want to be involved with people's life. God wants us to sacrifice our prayers. An amazing scene is recorded for us in heaven. From an angel is seen at the, at the altar offering up God uh, uh, unto God's incense. In Revelation 8.14, it says, And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. The prayers of the saints. Ladies and gentlemen, your prayers are important to God. They should not be contrite prayers. They should not be prayers that are just uh, just surface prayers. We need to really get involved in praying with God. On Wednesday nights, uh, on Wednesday nights we have our prayer meeting and Bible study. And what we do, we come in and we may sing a song. Then uh, I may give some notices real quick. But then we split up in groups of three. And we pray. Now, we don't have a prayer list. We don't give out a prayer list. What we do, we pray. We pray for our services. We pray for the needs of others. We pray what our heart is, need, is feeling. And what's so interesting in it, those people get together and, and, they, and they just get around and they pray. Now, we'll pray for 25, maybe 30 minutes, whatever. But we pray. And we have that time of prayer. So many times we say, yeah, we pray. We'll have one person get up and pray for everybody else. We need to be doing it ourselves. And in each group, each person will pray. Now, they don't have to pray long prayer. If all they can say, God, help, help us this Sunday, that we'll have a good service, and Lord, thank you for watching over me, amen. No, that's good enough. There are others who can pray longer. <laughs> But it's the fact of just getting in and praying. When's the last time you really prayed what's on your heart? Audibly praying it out loud to, to God. See, when we do that, that's a sacrifice acceptable to God. Prayer is just not something that we just, well, it's something I do. No, prayer is our, our communication with, with the Heavenly Father. And it's a sacrifice that he says acceptable. Number two, number two, giving. Giving. The use of financial resources for the furtherance of the kingdom becomes an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God, as Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18 tells us. An odor of sweet smell. Uh, last night, uh, uh, we uh, I, we had men's breakfast that, that morning. I came home. Uh, I was doing did, did a bit of studying, then watched some TV, and then uh, Gail says we're going to have cow pie tonight. Now you know what cow pie is, don't you? Yeah, yeah beef pie. And so I'm sitting there, and I start smelling it cooking. Man, does it ever smell good? Mm. Don't you just love it when they're frying chicken? Oh. Whoa, you smell that? What, what, you going up and get some? 
<laughs> Got him going, man. He, he's going up for that chicken. <laughs> you know, you smell it. The odor. Oh, man. You know, sometimes that, that smell, a certain smell in our lives can take us back to a, a different time. An event in our lives. You know, um, there's certain smells that come along. I can remember back when I was little with my mom and my dad. I can remember those things. You know, that's the thing. God says, okay, when you truly give as you should be giving, it becomes an odor of sweet smell. He remembers you. He thinks of you. He says that's a sacrifice acceptable. Folks, we should never be upset in giving financially to God's work. We should never get upset about it. If we get upset about it, that means my heart is not right in my giving. If we get upset because, you know, I should tithe or I should give, I should give the missions, uh, you know, we, we have our, our, our regular tithe, we have our missions, we also have our building. Because we're in a building program, <clears throat> we're asking people now to give a little bit more to the building so that we can continue on to get, get, do what we're doing and finish up a lot of projects. Now, I asked him, I said, now, don't take it away from your tithe or take it away from your missions. This is another offering. Now, I tell them this. You pray about it first. Don't you dare just give because you think you're supposed to give. You pray about it. And if God deals with you, then you do it. Because then it's going to be an accept, a, a, a sacrifice acceptable. And God's going to be well pleased. Is God well pleased to buy what you give? Honest and folks, sometimes you don't like to talk about money. But are we truly giving to the point of sacrifice? Are we giving to the point where God says, I like that. It's acceptable. He says, but I have all in abound. I am, I have, I am full, having received Ephroditus, the things which were sent from you. And this is what, what Paul was in this verse was talking about. And he says, and Paul says, an odorous, sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Paul said, I got to have everything, but because God has had you to send this, thank you. Thank you for doing what God has asked you to do. Folks, when we truly give as God wants us to give, then he's well-pleased. Is God pleased with us? See, we can sacrifice prayer. We can sacrifice giving. Number three, we sacrifice praise. We can sacrifice praise. In some, in, in some way, not fully comprehended by us, we can offer praise continually. Praise. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of my lips giving thanks to his name. How do you praise God? You've got to remember got to remember about our lips. I always tell children, and if I'm working with children, even sometimes I'm working with adults, I say, okay, let me ask you a question. We're going to get started here. I want to ask you a question. How many ears did God give you? Okay, folks, how many ears did God give you? Two, all right. How many, how many eyes did God give you? Two. How many mouths did God give you? One. Okay, now, if he give us one mouth, but he gave us two ears and two eyes, what should we, we should be using the most? Our ears and our eyes. 
But what do we use the most? Our mouth. The one mouth seems to go more than anything else. It's the one mouth. But God says, wait, listen, I want you to, if you're going to use that mouth, then use it into, into praising God continually. That is the fruits of your lips giving thanks to his name. Now, we've got to go and think of something else, though. Where does all this fruits of the lips come from? It comes from the heart. The Bible tells us what is in the heart will come out of the mouth. I ask our folks, we was talking about some of this. If you hit your finger with a hammer, I hope you don't do it, okay? But if you hit your finger with a hammer, what's the first words that come out of your mouth? They don't tell me. <laughs> I hope that's it. What's the first words that come out of your mouth? <laughs> I want to be around him when that happens. <laughs> now, I said that to our folks. I said, listen, a lot of times there are people who, that's not the first thing that comes out of their mouth. The first thing that comes out of your mouth is really what's in your heart. You see, we've got to realize if, if, if God is, is God in my life, if he is my life, if he's my all, then the fruits of my lips are not going to be the things of the world, but they're going to be the things of God that come out first. The praising of the Lord, the thanking of the Lord, the giving the honor to the Lord, just as we talked about this morning. Praise is giving it all to God, even in the bad times. How you doing, man? I've uh, I've just had open heart surgery and my and my and my legs hurt and you know everything else. But praise the Lord, I'm alive. And I'm still going. Uh, I have a uh, what is it? AF the uh, I never can remember. Our affibrillation of the heart. What it is is the top part of the heart does not beat in rhythm with the bottom part of the heart. And I remember when I first when they first. Uh, told me that I had it. They had me in the hospital. They had me all hooked up to all those, uh, uh, all those monitors, you know. I'm laying there, all these monitors. I'm looking at myself, and I'm looking up the ceiling, and all of a sudden I thought to myself, well, God, you made this heart. You can do anything you want to do with it. Praise the Lord. But most of the time, people get into that situation, what do they do? Well, God, why'd you do this? God, why'd you put me in this position? Why'd you get me? Yeah, hey, listen, folks, we've got to come to the point that we begin to understand that God is in control of every situation, everything that goes on, even if we're laying in the hospital, even if we're laying and we, we're, we're out of money, even if we're laying and, and everything's taken away, God is still in control and we can still praise him because he's still there. He's still going to take care. He's still in control. And if we truly have the Lord in our heart, see, then our praises are going to be a hymn continually. It's going to be about God. What should we sacrifice? To sacrifice our prayers. To sacrifice our, our, our giving. To sacrifice our praise. And the fourth thing, we ought to sacrifice our good work and sharing. Our good works and sharing. In Hebrews 13, 16, it says, but to do good and to communicate, and the word communicate there means share what you have. Forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So far in every verse of Scripture we have read, 
At the end of it, what is that said? With these sacrifices, God is well pleased. It's learning to sacrifice in our work, good work, and sharing. God says, in your life, you ought to be involved with enough people and to share. Now, I challenge my folks. Uh, sometimes we all get in a rut. That was one of the things I had to learn when I first came to England, how to minister to British people. Because they're going to do things always at that certain day and certain time. All right, we're going to have a get-together on Tuesday. Sorry, I can't. That's the day I do my laundry. All right, on this day we're going to do I cannot do that because that's the day I go shopping. I, I, had, I had so many people that we couldn't do it because they, on that day they did, th- and they'd done that for years, and they've always just done the same old thing every day. And then, you know, the shops aren't only open on that day, I guess, when they go. The shops don't open anymore. You know, sometimes we get to the point where we are so rigid that, that even we can't put God in there because, no, wait a minute, God, I can't do that because on that day I take a nap. I can't work for you, God, because it doesn't fit into my schedule. God says to do good and to communicate, share what you have. Forget not. I challenged my folks. I said, listen, have you ever invited anybody over to your house to eat from church? Have you ever invited anybody or taken somebody out to eat after the services? Now, we haven't been home to to do that the last, what, three weeks, four weeks? I've been out. But when I preached that, I think we had three weeks, we had people over to the house after church. We had come over and have Sunday lunch with us, took them out for Sunday lunch. It takes a little sacrifice, yes. But you know what? We do that. We begin to communicate, share what we have. Uh, I went to a church one time in, in Springfield, Missouri. I was in their meeting, and they said, uh, and he said, we're going to go uh, to so-and-so's sister so-and-so's house after church. And uh, the pastor said, she is, she's always done this for years. She cooks enough for anybody to come. So when we get there, we're not the only ones that are going to be there. It'll be everybody that's in church. They'll probably go over to her house. And sure enough, we got over there, and half the church was at her house. She would just love, she loved to do it. She gave. She communicated. You see, sometimes we don't communicate. We don't share. We don't give. This is my life. This is my house. I don't want anything else happen to it. If you're that proud, well, then don't ask anybody over. And if nobody ever comes, don't get upset. See, our houses ought to be open. Our homes ought to be open to each other. Because, see, that's learning to communicate with people, sharing what we have. God says, with that, he is well pleased. He is well pleased. Also, remember, we are saved entirely by God's grace, but also we're created specifically unto good works. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know, when you got saved, and then the old nature was taken away, 
and the new nature came in, you became a new man. He created you to do good works. Say that with me. To do good works. Some of your mouth didn't move. You're afraid to say that. Say it with me. To do good works. I'm created to do that. I'm created to do that. That's what God wants me to do. He wants me to do those good works. He wants me to share. He wants me to communicate. He wants me to be a part of people's lives. He wants me to be involved. That's what God has created me to do. He didn't create me to sit in a pew and just sit there and let everybody walk around me. You know, I get after our, our young people, our, our young adults, I should say. Oh, we want to be a missionary or we want to be in ministry. And then when they come to church, they just sit down and they don't get up. So don't you do that. I said, if you're going to be in the ministry, that means you get up and you get around and you shake everybody's hand and you talk to people. And you don't sit down until it's time to sit down. You know, folks, when we come to church, we shouldn't just come through that door and then sit down. Now, if you're tired, I understand. You know, if you can't stand long, I understand. But what gets to me is the fact that we come to church, we sit down, and we expect everybody to serve us. We expect everybody to wait on us hand and foot. And that's not scriptural. My responsibility is to communicate, to be a help, to be a part, to be involved. As it says there, I'm created in his workmanship. I'm created the way he wants me to be. I'm created in the way God was, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That I should walk in them. I should be able to talk with all of you. You shouldn't be afraid to talk to me. I have people who are afraid to talk to me. I don't know. Do I look that mean, James? Yeah, well, I asked James because he was in college. I am the dean of students. And I think they were more afraid of Mrs. Gritz than they were of me. <laughs> she was, she was uh, the finance lady, uh, talked to them. And, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, sometimes people, they, they, for some reason, afraid to talk to Pastor Gritz. I never know why. I guess I just because of that deep voice. Uh, you know, it does it every time. Uh, children look at me. You know, that deep voice. You know, I, but I want to be there. I want to be a part of your life. That's what it, we should be. That's a sacrifice that God is well pleased with. As we give of ourselves, we give up our, our, our privacies. You know, so many times we're too private. We're too private. You know, God wants us to be transparent. God wants us to be to the point where they can see really us, to see me, to see who I am, to see my life. That's why I always tell my folks, I said, listen, I'll let you see my life. I have no problem you seeing my life. I have no problem you coming over to the house. You can come anytime because I don't have to worry about what's laying out of the house because I don't do anything else but, you know, what, what God wants me to do. Maybe you'll find uh, something out of place, but that means it's lived in. That's what it means. So many times we're so private, we don't open ourselves. And that's what we really we're supposed to be doing. We're building lively stones. We're building lives that will continue on this work. And if we become a closed people, us no more, then we're, we we're going to stifle the work of God and we're going to slow down. We need to be open to people. 
and giving of ourselves. And that's the last thing. The sacrifice is ourselves. We have a distinct privilege in that we may represent your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, Romans 12.1. It's your reasonable service to sacrifice for God. There at Temple, we're working to, to see more than what we have ever seen before. We have people who are sacrificing. They're giving of their time and their efforts and their talents. You know, it's been amazing. Uh, Brother Larry, you know, you said you've been gone for three months and some people have come up to the top, be able to do things, amen, keep on them. Because that's what happened when my heart, when I had my heart problems, that's when we saw the people rise to the top. Now, I really, on, on any Sunday, if you come to, to visit us on a Sunday, you may not hear me. You may hear uh, Brother Nelson. You may hear some of our, our deacons. Uh, you may hear some of the other, other people. But you may not hear me. In fact, I may be sitting on the front row and just singing and listening to like everybody else. It's because now we have people who will want to do the work. And when we get people involved like that, you're building. And you're building things that will last. But you have to sacrifice. Sacrifice. God is a magnificent God. He can be trusted with our prayers. He can be trusted with our resources. We can be trusted with our praise. He can be trusted with our works. And we can trust him with our lives. His perfect sacrifice made it possible for our sacrifices to be meaningful. You see, because him going to the cross, I can sacrifice. Because we know that one day, what? He's coming back. We're going to share in his resurrection. We're either, if we die, we're going to be resurrected out of the grave. If we're here, we're going to be let, uh, resurrected out of this life and meet him in the air. Because of his sacrifices, we have a lot to look forward to. We have a lot already that God has given us. We need to share ourselves. We need to be with, uh, with others. We need to be a part of this work so much in sacrificing to see it continue on for the glory of God. Building lives, building people, building those lively stones upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for these people. Thank you for their dedication. Thank you for their willingness to come and be here this afternoon. And I know it can be other things could be going on. We may have other opportunities, but God, thank you for coming and being with us here. I ask your blessings upon them. Lord, I ask you, did you be with this church now? As these people realize that when they come here, they're sacrificing. Not sacrifices that are bad, but sacrifices that are well-pleasing to you. May they realize their prayers are so important. Their giving is so important. Lord, their praise is so important. Lord, their work and sharing is important. And Lord, their own lives. You give us a purpose. Seeing people coming to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. This church continued to build. Thank you for it. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.